Ahoy there, everybody, and welcome to Big Facts No Cap, the only podcast that's number one with hospitable hosts and formidable ghosts. As always, this is Adrian coming at you with his co-host Paul. Let's get big factin'. Let's get no capping. Big back freaks, no cap chaps. Let's get into it. Big facts. No. Cap. Big facts. No. Cap. No cap. Big facts. No. Cap. Big facts. No. Cap. No cap. Big facts. No. Cap. Big facts. No. Cap. No cap. Have you ever been to one of those problematic places like uh, a SeaWorld or whatever where they kind of like it's come out that they mistreat the animals, but like somewhere you would have just gotten taken as a kid? I guess I haven't told the story on pod. Maybe it got cut. But uh, almost certainly I was trying to go to Doc Antle's uh, tiger place in Myrtle Beach when I was in like seventh grade and we were there for a vacation. And I recognized it. Uh, when I was watching Tiger King, I was like, oh, shit, Dorley and I like tried to convince my parents to let us do that. <laughs> and they were like, no, 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 you're going to be make- made into a part of his harem for sure. You guys are cute kids. He's taking you if we go there. <laughs> <laughs> and also we're on we're on Joe Exotic's side. So and I was oh, like, damn, I did. Yeah. <laughs> Your parents really stuck out grounded that beef. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was the reason we didn't go. It wasn't because we were poor. It was because they were like, we have a strong stance in this uh, War of the Tiger Kings. Man, not only did he have a creepy harem thing going on, he was also like charging a lot to the community. He wasn't even like kind of beloved in Myrtle Beach. No, I mean, it was like everything else in that time. It was a ripoff. That's true. Oh, you're telling me that that place where you could go in and get a wand and fight dragons and it was like an electric wand with a ripoff on Broadway at the beach? The Hitachi wand? I don't know. It was like a gamified wand place and you'd go in and you'd pay $20 and they'd give you like a wand and you could wave it at stuff in the place and it would make magic happen. I'm not gonna lie, that doesn't sound overpriced to me. <laughs> I would do that for like 10 <laughs> minutes for 20 bucks. I don't. I, I don't. I don't think I ever got to do it, so I don't know. I, as a kid, I imagined it was really awesome. We were really creatures of habit. We did a lot of medieval times. Oh, I love uh, medieval times. That half chicken... Oh god, yeah. The two refills of grog and then you're they're done. <laughs> <laughs> the the either scoop of ice cream or cookie you got it for dessert as a kid. Oof. Beautiful. Uh do you remember any particular one that color, like the blue knight or Yeah, I remember there was one where well, so that's that's two things, is um they're all colored. For people who don't know, Medieval Times was like a, a theme a themed restaurant dinner show experience where knights competed and there was some overarching story where one knight gets picked as like the champion who then fights the major bad guy. That was the basic way that it worked. So there were a couple times where I was happy because I either got the blue knight or the black and white checker knight, which are the ones that I like. But the most memorable time was actually when I got assigned the green knight and that's like one of my least favorite colors. So I was angry. This is how I operated as a kid. I think most kids do. <laughs> um, but I was like, we got the green knight. Um, and the whole like plot to that one was like, he lost every single skill challenge and was like in last place. But whenever they did like the, they actually fight in like a little tournament before to decide who's the champion, he won that and, uh, became like the unexpected champion of the night. It was pretty lit. It was a pretty good storyline. <laughs> it was pretty litty. I was like, fuck, he keeps losing. <laughs> it really sucks I know, to be I was the like, what a fucking section. loser. <laughs> he You're came a back fucking combined. loser, knight. <laughs> <laughs> you lose <laughs> give it up knight <laughs> oh my god i bet you donald trump would do it so often <laughs> but just like the way that he watches Bloodsport, none of the like skill challenges none of like the shooting an arrow while you're uh on the back of your horse or like the falcon taming that they do for some reason it's just like let's get to the fights fellas <laughs> let's oh. see some blood <laughs> dude i forgot about the falcon taming okay that that's it we're we gotta do a themed episode on medieval times <laughs> all right <laughs> that sounds like a plan uh, did you have any notable experiences in medieval times? Like, do you have any fun times hanging out in the lobby in like the hour where you just like hang out before the show actually starts? Yeah, it did take weirdly long for the show to start. Uh, I guess yeah. that was like probably a scam to get you to buy more stuff. I remember they had full size swords mm-hmm. for sale, but they were like a hundred dollars. But I, I do got a couple still, wooden ones. I own. I still own, have the wooden one that I bought from oh, that's there. Tight. <laughs> We've really stayed off topic. What are we talking about? What are we doing? Actually, so before we get into the uh, main content. I have, for the first time in a while, got some stuff to bring in off top. Ooh, yeah. Hit me with so, it. So, as I'm sure you guys have just listened to, because you like listening in order and you listen to every episode, we just did our Mother's Day episode. And so, today, while we're recording, is actually Mother's Day in Guatemala. So, 
just wanted to give a shout out to my mom. Happy Guatemalan Mother's Day. Can you can you say that in uh, Spanish for us? Uh, Feliz Dia de los Madres Guatemaltecos. I did also make sure to say in Spanish yesterday because I call her for both days. So I was like, Feliz Dia de los Madres de, uh, what is it, Gringuitas? I don't know. That's American. So that's I think Gringuitas, is that not the feminine version of gringo? Did you call your mother a foreigner by accident? Well, no, because it was American's Mother's Day yesterday. Uh, oh, so you're calling it Gringuitas Mother Day. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it'd be gringas. I do that a lot with Spanish where I'll just add like an extra syllables in words. I think there's something I noticed in the Mom's Day episode where, oh, I said borrachado instead of borracho, which for some reason I thought that like makes it a past participle. I don't know. Spanish grammar is not my <laughs> not my strong suit. Um, but yeah, I looked it up and I was like, I don't think that's a word. Let's see. Little Milan update. Three games left in the season. We're fighting for a place in Europe. Big win over our, our main rivals Juventus 3-0 yesterday. Beautiful game. Worth the uh, ESPN app not working for me, so I just paid for another subscription so I could listen to the game on my drive over to Sacramento. (laughs) Uh, Totally worth it, because that was a banger of a game. And then, um, oh, also, you know what? Uh, Podcast platform, ESPN, fix your fucking app. Give me my $5 back. And then I watched the movie War Dogs with uh, my house guest last night. Okay, wait, wait. I've also watched it, and I have a hot take, which is, what a bad movie. I did not like it. Not a good movie, yeah. Well, just very derivative and very adequate, but not exceptional in any way. Why does Jonah Hill only take L's? I don't, I do not like that man. (laughs) Really? I do not like him. You have like a personal beef with him. Yeah, well, I mean, I I won't talk about it on pod because that'd be petty, but there's some history. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, you're really, you're not, you're not punching up here. This is not like a one way parasocial thing. This is, uh, you guys have beef yeah yeah um no yeah it 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 felt very cookie cutter but uh yeah not not super excellent i did like the very uh adam mckay on nose very on on the nose uh montage at the beginning that was like war isn't about freedom it's about making money um and they're just like all right let's make sure to ham fist this in the beginning <laughs> and then uh we'll get into what the what the story is oh and the narration was really useless like there were a lot of parts where it was very easy to show don't tell show don't tell and they clearly chose i'm just gonna tell you through the narration jonah hill needs to stop trying to be a character actor he can't do it you just are jonah hill stop it (laughs) you didn't you didn't like the laugh that he did the like very like uh awkward fake laugh no and uh i also didn't like him in what was that other movie he played like a real character in uh wolf of wall Wall Street. street yeah yeah just he cannot sell a role at all to me. I, 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 I feel like I don't know why Hollywood is trying to sell me Jonah Hill. I don't want to buy it. Call me when they make Superbad too. Jonah Hill, just stick to just stick to that type of thing. Stop trying to be in real movies. Stop trying to be a fashion icon, Jonah Hill. Absolutely stop trying to be a fashion icon when you're just a boring white boy who goes on r slash streetwear. Is that where the beef started? Is that why you're looking so funky fresh today? Is <laughs> Anyways, yeah, those are the three things I wanted to bring up. I don't know if you wanted to say anything more about uh, War Dogs. I wouldn't highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. It's like not a bad way to kill an hour or two. Uh, if you want to watch something on Netflix to kill an hour, it's not a great movie, but it had like some actually good character acting. Uh, I care a lot. Oh, that was... Uh, so we passed by that movie and Carter said he liked that movie. And then Phil has tried to get me to watch that movie as well, which, um, I don't trust either of their opinions. So yeah, I it's not it, like, but... I, I, I won't go into it big, like you'll definitely love it because I think the plot and definitely some of the logic, there's some parts of the movie that are just like weird, but the character, like the acting and the characters are cool. Cool. All right. Yeah. Well, Paul, you ready to get into it? I am ready to get into it. I did kind of give us a good jumping off point. I'm currently hosting somebody. Okay. I'm currently hosting SNL. Mm, you and Elon. Uh, did, Me and Elon. <laughs> did he bump you from the lineup? What, what Were you in there and you, your part got cut so he could host? No, no, no. So yeah, I'm uh, I'm hosting somebody right now. A little little orphan boy from Germany. Um, that's why we thought of this theme. I don't have much to say about actually hosting him. He's been a very good house guest so far. Oh, damn. So not much to note. No wacky hijinks, but I think I've definitely hosted plenty of other people and I've got takes and opinions. But let's start with this, Paul. How do you feel about being hosted by somebody? What's your policy? What's your strategy? It makes me uncomfortable because I don't like the vibe of feeling like I want to ask for something and not knowing what the rules of the house are. I one time spent the night at my brother's place and I was like, I was like, this is the most uncomfortable blanket. It's like the weirdest, thickest, most lumpy blanket I've ever used. And I couldn't figure out what, but I didn't want to be rude and ask. And I was like, I'll just sleep with it, whatever. 
and it turned was it out the dog's blanket. No, it was definitely just the mattress topper <laughs> that I saw. Oh, the blanket. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. It was a very weird mattress topper. It was a weird, lumpy, blankety mattress topper. But in retrospect, it's like the kind that has like the little like aerated little. No, it, on, it was like one that I don't know how to describe it. It was definitely more blankety than that. Even. Mm. Okay, interesting. So your worry about being hosted by somebody is that you're going to get roasted for what you do while you're there. My worry is that like I you're gonna like, you're gonna go to someone's house in Japan and you're gonna put the chopsticks straight up into the uh, bowl no, of rice. No, my worry is, that would be fine with me. My worry is that I'm gonna be uncomfortable, but too too polite to ask for the like comfort I need. That does sound about right. Yeah, I'm trying to think of other times I've been hosted. You've hosted me many times, Adrian. You're a good friend. Similar to uh, similar to one of our articles, I always tell people the story. I'm always like, oh, Adrian is such a nice guy. When, when I stayed at his house, he slept on the couch one time and let me take his bed because he said I was taller than him. That's always one of my like proofs for Adrian's like such a nice person. Oh, interesting. I think um, that was the day that I farted really badly in my bed. And I think that my mattress just held on to the fart spill. And I was like, <laughs> I'm not staying there tonight. <laughs> was that it? <laughs> That's funny, because, like, oh, God, I, I very much had a house that was made for me. So, like, the reason that my couch wasn't longer is because I had a love seat, but my bed was still just a twin-sized bed. <laughs> it was still just barely longer. Um, yeah, Paul has also hosted me a couple times. I think what I thought our commonality was going to be is that my strategy as a house guest is usually to try and be as ghost-like as possible. You know, very much National Park Service, leave no trace uh, mm -hmm. of your existence behind. Um yeah, and I think, uh, yeah, just generally being uh, conscientious. I mean, uh, certainly when uh, my brother lived in a kind of cramped apartment in New York, he made a, a comment about how different Dorley and I were as houseguests uh, in taking up his living room space. <laughs> oh, that that reminds me, we've both spent the night together at Dorley's place in Denver, and that was an interesting houseguesting experience because they oh, lived yeah. in a, I want to say like eight foot by eight foot little box apartment. It's like a studio? Yeah, it was a studio, but like without even really a kitchen. It was like very yeah. much a pretty tiny room. So we just slept on both sides of their mattress. Like I got to the right side of where they slept. You got to the left side of where they slept. Was that different? No, that was the apartment where this happened, but it wasn't the time when like Dorley just booted up her TV and we, we saw that like Pornhub was like one of her most searched <laughs> websites on her browser. <laughs> Are we allowed to talk about this on pod? Because it was on their PlayStation. They had like, when you went to the <laughs> browser. PlayStation, all right. <laughs> when you went to the browser on the PlayStation 3, they were mostly on Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. When you went into the built-in internet browser for the PlayStation 3. What a funny vibe. That reminds me of the time when my sister um, introduced one of our coworkers who, uh, he wasn't that old, but he was like, you know, like, 50 year old dude from Brooklyn. I don't really remember why he was in South Carolina, but he was really cool. I liked him a lot. It's my friend Roy. And at one point when we were giving him a ride home, which we used to do pretty often, Dorley introduced him to Pornhub and he was just in the backseat of the car while we were riding, looking at Pornhub <laughs> and being like, yo, this is awesome. <laughs> this is a great idea. <laughs> do people know about this? Has anybody heard about this? <laughs> he was like, yeah, I got a tweet about this. <laughs> Wait, you're telling me the government knows about this? <laughs> you telling me everybody who goes to work still goes to work even though they know this is waiting for them at home at any point they could just go home and do this oh my god yeah oh so other times you've been a guest somewhere or anything like that i think um i, I think i empathize with your not wanting to ask for too many things mm. and then any other good hosting stories um phil's hosted me a couple times he's always been a good host he had a little side room that I've got to sleep in. So I had an actual private room, which I think is a, it's a big thing if you can get it. Like it wasn't like, you know, it was literally like there's two sliding doors and it's connected to the kitchen in the hallway. But like, it was just enough to, for me to like, just be alone, which is nice. Sometimes I think when I was younger, I used to have issues like sleeping out in an open area. I think it just felt too vulnerable to predators. Yeah. Natural that makes ones, sense. not humans. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think both. It's, Probably it's... both. Yeah, you're right. Well, I think there's also stuff showing that, like, when you sleep in a new environment, like, half your brain stays awake like a dolphin, and that's, like, why you don't get as good sleep away from your own bed. Do a dolphin's brains stay half awake? Yeah, they just do that normally. They're always on edge. Oh, They're yeah, because if paranoid. you, uh, they found out, that's how they found out 
if you give dolphins amphetamines, that they just die because they can't breathe without actively thinking about it. Is that true? Not amphetamines, sorry. Uh, what is it? Anesthetics. Oh. Yeah, you can't give uh, dolphins anesthetics. They have to actively think about breathing. Um, okay, okay. Anything else? Anything else? Anything else? Anything else? When you sign up for a website and you have to order something and it says sign out as a guest, how does that make you feel? And, uh, Paul, whenever you have to host a server, um, how does that make you feel? Oh, wait, now we can do the flip side. Paul, how do you feel about hosting people? Because I think my main insight is that it's one of those, it's uh, one of those things where I realize that it's completely incompatible that as a guest, I have no expectations for my host, just like general baseline, you know, thanks for letting me stay here. As a, as a host, I am completely anxious the entire time, hoping that the person who's there feels like they're as completely taken care of as possible. You know, I was talking about this with somebody last weekend, which is, I hate the vibe. And, and I also like to be a really good host. But what I don't like is the version of your in your 20s hosting where it's my friend who I haven't seen for a while is coming into town and I have to prove to them my life is cool and we have to have a mm. good time. Mm-hmm. And I hate being around that vibe when it's just not your friend, especially. So it's like mm-hmm. if one of your friends has a friend coming into town, and they're like, we got to go out, man. It's going to be off <laughs> like that vibe immediately i'm just like i shut down i'm like i do not want to be a part of whatever is happening i know we're gonna be like waiting in a line for a bar too long and then it's gonna be like not that great in there so you're gonna be like oh but the next place is awesome we gotta just go there instead Mm. it's up there with like watching a youtube video that's too long with somebody who really wanted to show you a youtube video for just like a social interaction that's equivalent to like fingernails on a chalkboard yeah yeah i get what you're saying i get what you're saying it's like why can't we just like go get korean fried chicken and go to wooden robot you know gotta be this gotta be this whole thing where you go to like the biggest club in charlotte uh yeah 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 uh for 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 the audience that's what i took adrian to do in charlotte when he came in and got korean uh (laughs) fried chicken and then we just uh got drunk in my neck of the woods at like regular bars that was a great time um and i knew paul was balling i still the the message was still delivered (laughs) yeah that was one time where uh we hung out where (laughs) I made sure to sleep in every place I could sleep in Paul's uh, house. That was one where sometimes when I get too drunk, I don't become the best guest. <laughs> Wait, where did you, what do you mean? Like, you, I can't remember. Uh, we got drunk and uh, we came back home and I slept in with your bed with you. And then at one point in the morning when I kind of woke up, I moved to the uh, couch and then when I realized that Ben was gone, I was like, oh, I'll just go sleep in his bed. <laughs> and so By the time you woke up, I was in Ben's bed sleeping with like the fan on really high because I was kind of hot. Oh, that's a nice move. Yeah, yeah. So I just moved my way through your entire apartment. <laughs> nah, there's nothing wrong with that. That couch is gone now. It's just sitting in my garage. We keep planning to sell it on Facebook Marketplace and then never put up the listing. You realize it's priceless? We realize there's too many memories on there, like that time Adrian slept on it for a little bit. For a little bit? <laughs> I remember one time hosting my brother in Clemson and he walked into my room and he went uh, and I had like an LGBT flag up in my room and I had uh, some posters of Chance the Rapper in college up in my room. He's like, what is this? Are you trying to say you're gay for Chance the Rapper? And I was like, yes, you are supposed like, to read my wall art as, as a an equation. You, you, you got it, man. You totally understood what I was trying to say. He had wall art of Chance the Rapper, a little rainbow flag, and then a tree. And you're supposed to read it as Paul and Chance sitting in the tree. <laughs> <laughs> That's so dope. But yeah, yeah, you want to jump into the columns? Yeah, I need to go second for this one. So Paul, hit us up. You need to. You'll see why. So this one is an interesting one because it's a uh, BuzzFeed column. That's not really a column. There's no name for it. And it's a staff writer for BuzzFeed who does a lot of things. But I guess at some point on social media, he put out a uh, he put out a call to people for questions. So this one comes from uh, Stephen LeConte from BuzzFeed. He's a staff writer there. And like I said, it doesn't really have a name or any sort of like identifiable way to search for the column you just have to go to his page and search through his articles he does start the article with a picture of him from his instagram and he's a very handsome man Stephen leconte shout out to you you're a pretty boy i don't know i can't stop looking at that little pupper all right yeah no it's a cute dog yeah uh so the title um <laughs> my boyfriend made me sleep on the couch so he could share a bed with his guy friend is this normal 
Any opinions on that or should I hop into the question? No, no, no. Let me get the full context. I don't want to be, you know, reactionary here. All right. So the question is actually just a screenshot of an Instagram uh, DM he got. Somebody slid into the DMs with this question. So my 26-year-old boyfriend of six months had a guy high school friend come visit last weekend and insisted that they both sleep in his bed. We all had plans to hang out Friday night and I planned to stay at his place. He said I had to sleep on the couch so his friend could sleep in his bed with him. He wasn't really chill about it either. His exact words were, if we don't sleep in the same bed, I will be very upset with you. I asked why he cared so much and he said they used to have sleepovers all the time and would stay up and talk. Most of my friends think it's weird that he would want to sleep with his guy friend over me and so do I. I don't want to make a big deal out of this because he already thinks I'm dramatic but I just feel kind of hurt by it. I need a guy's opinion on this. Is this normal? Should I be concerned or just forget about it? I have some I have some thoughts on this one. Yeah, okay, share. She she mentions she mentions her boyfriend saying that she's often dramatic. Yes. And that makes me think that she's an unreliable narrator for this very dramatic reading of what his exact words were. Okay, if we're going to attack the question asker, I think one of my favorite parts is the part where she's like, and don't worry, I've already gossiped about this to all of my friends to make him seem like a a sexually confused little freakazoid. I actually think the reason he wants to spend the night with his friend is really endearing. Like, they're going to make a little pillow for uh, hanging out like the old times. I think that's really nice. I think... I think I read this the same way as you. Like, it's it's really easy to make gay jokes about this. But, like, it seems like it's not some sort of he's cheating on you thing. It seems like some sort of adorable he just wants to hang out with his friends thing. Yeah. I mean, they don't want to, like, wake her up in the middle of the night while they're playing Halo 3 or whatever. So, it, it, I don't know. It's it's that same. It's that it's very much the pivotal thing for me is whether or not she's being accurate in her description of he said very seriously, if we don't sleep in the same bed, I will be very upset with you. Like, did it take that much convincing? Like, was she that much against it? Or did he think that? I, I mean, if he opened with that, she's very much in the wrong. He is, or he's very much in the wrong. That is super rude. Yeah. But if he said, oh, if he gave her the reason and then she was like, no, I don't like that, then I can maybe like, it makes more sense why he jumped to a rude tone. Yeah. Or... In that case, I could very much be like, I would be pretty upset if you like felt that we weren't at a place where I could sleep with a with my friend in my room. And that's like a weird thing for you. So I think we're both in agreement that this is probably like wholesome and he probably just wants to recreate a little bit of childhood fun. But if this is like a secret covert gay love story for the ages. He's not doing a good job of being covert. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Because then you could just be like, uh, you know, my friend has a, a an allergy to whatever our couch is made of. So it would be better if he slept in our room. Um, and then also he's a very chilly boy, so he needs body heat to sleep and it needs to be manly heat. <laughs> Just like a really convoluted setup. <laughs> and also, um, his asshole will, uh, actually close shut <laughs> if it doesn't have a penis in it. It, it, it actually will fuse together and never open again. So his, his butthole has, open. <laughs> his butthole has what his doctor calls use it or lose it syndrome. <laughs> That's all I'm saying is there are better ways to lie about this if you wanted to lie <laughs> you're about right, it. You're that right. You're right. That very convincing lie we came up with could be what she said or he said. Once again, I do love the part where she talks about how she already told all her friends about yeah, this. Yeah, I was just thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what's so weird about this too is like, I know it's super normal for people to have very gender lined friendships. So, like, I get that her thing of like, I asked all my friends who are all women and now I need a guy's opinion. But it is a. It's not only weird that she has no guy friends, but it's also very much like plays into this like, well, I would never have a guy friend because that could make my boyfriend think something's going on. And that's why I think something's going on with him doing this weird thing with his guy friend. I don't know. There's like a lot to this that I'm trying to unpack that I. All right, Paul, anything else about this uh, this question? I think she should build a line of pillows in between them (laughs) and nail it into the bed. Okay. Okay. Well, no, because, like, the whole point of probably why they don't want her in there is because, like, they're talking about, like, real shit that's just between those two. So, like, she can't just invite herself in there as well. Because that's an obvious thing, right? If you're really that worried about it and he just wants to be with him in the room, you could just be like, okay, cool, but I want to be there too. Be kind of annoying, but you could do it. But I could see why his immediate argument to that would be like, well, no, it's just it's supposed to be us. I mean, obviously he wants to talk shit about her because she sounds annoying to his friend. Okay, so yeah, it would be kind of annoying, but you could invite yourself into that room. But I could see why you would immediately retort with like, well, it's just supposed to be us. And we're, you know, we're talking about stuff from years ago. We're talking about 
deep feelings that I can't talk to you about. I guess that would be even weirder. Maybe that's even weirder. I don't know. You know, I mean, this one's a little bit hard for us to answer because this show has staked out a position as so pro-deep, unfaltering, unapologetic male friendships that clearly we're going to have to take these guys' side. Could you imagine, could you put yourself in her shoes for why she's upset? Like, why she feels like he's potentially cheating on her or this is weird or inappropriate? Well, really quick, can we go like annoying internet person really quick? Yeah. Okay, let's do a uh, role reversal. You're a you're a man, and your girlfriend wants to have a sleepover in her room with her girlfriend who is coming over to stay at the house. Yeah, not even a question, right? Yeah, of course I wouldn't care. So then, what's the deal with that? Why is it that if you reverse this, it becomes a, a something that's worth putting into a uh, advice column? Slash oh, that's true. Writer. Is this is this only notable because of our sexism in our society? All right, bro. You want to read this answer? Yeah, let's see what's up with this answer, Runo. You've asked two different questions in your DM here. One, is your boyfriend's request to share a bed with his friend normal? And two, is it something you should worry about? Let's start with the first question. Also, I am going to note for the audience that this is like a... It's like still in BuzzFeed listicle form, so I I just noticed as I was scrolling down. Yeah, like he split the question into a bunch of different like little reaction images and gifs and stuff. So the first reaction image is a couple in bed and one of the two guys is like looking at his phone and the other one looks upset. But also maybe that's on me for assuming they're a couple. It could just be two bros in bed. Is your boyfriend's behavior normal? Well, probably not. If you're using Google's dictionary definition of the word, which is conforming to a standard, I think it's safe to say that your boyfriend's bed sharing routine is not the standard for straight male relationship. At least not in America. A variation from our society's norms, for sure. And then it's a picture of Adam from Workaholic going, what up, dog? Okay, it seems like he gets more into this later. So I was about to go into a rant about, one, people using the word normal to try and describe things. And then two, people using like Google Dictionary or Webster's Dictionary definition to like make arguments. God, I, I, some someday on a rant that, or on an episode that's more um, useful for it, I'll go on my rant about how dumb I think that is. But normal shouldn't be the goal here because normal doesn't tell us anything about whether the behavior is good or bad. For example, if we're judging things solely by how standard they are, the the normal thing for a straight guy to do in this situation would be outright refuse to share bed with another man, maybe even dropping some casual anti-gay language in the process. Toxic, fragile masculinity is normal in our culture, but I think you should be glad that your boyfriend doesn't abide by those rules. And then it's a gif of some show I don't know where it's a guy saying, I'm a man, a man. It's a uh, famed actor, Jesse Smollett. Oh, is that really Jesse Smollett? From Empire, yeah, because he's awesome. gay in that in that uh in that show, and that's like a big plot point. Wait, this this article was posted in 2020, so this would have been post Smollett's uh, outing as a. This weird... would have been post Smollett Gate. I'm also glad that I didn't go on a rant about using normal because I think he did a pretty good job of deconstructing why I think that's a dumb way to ask questions. Yeah, no, so far an intelligent uh, an intelligent answer. Platonic non-sexual friends should be able to share beds together without raising an eyebrow, and sometimes it just makes good practical sense to do so. Like when you give that a sexy flair when it's not supposed to be sexy. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it just makes good practical sense to do so. Like when a person is traveling and doesn't have a bed of their own to sleep in, as is the case here. Perhaps you've shared a bed with a female friend on a trip or four. It's common among women. And then it's a picture of two women playfully sharing a pillow. Pillow. And they're face to face, which is the gayest way you can sleep. Because I just assumed when he slept with his friend, they did a flipped head to feet and then also butt to butt. That way, shout out to Seinfeld, which is when you're flipped head to feet, the genitals are still lined up. I don't know what you (laughs) think you're accomplishing. And then shout out to Scrubs, where I think they go through that same argument with Turk and JD sleeping in the same bed and how they do that configuration. And I don't think this is some indication that your boyfriend is secretly having an illicit affair here. If that's what you're worried about, call me naive, but I think if your boyfriend were having sex with this guy, he'd be a little more discreet and a little less bullish about sharing a bed with him. And then it's a picture of an actress whose name I know. Give me Maya a second. Rudolph. Yeah, it's a, a it's a gif of Maya Rudolph saying, I mean, I doubt it. And that brings us to your second question. Is this something you should worry about? Well, I certainly don't think you need to worry about the actual act of your boyfriend sharing a bed with another man. For all the reasons I outlined above, 
but and then it's another stock image of two gay men but i think he's supposed to you know contextually maybe it's supposed to be two friends hey gay men can be friends together too i do have some questions about how this whole situation was brought up with you and whether you were treated with respect in the process. You mentioned that your boyfriend said he'd be very upset with you if you came between his plans, and that he already thinks you're dramatic. I don't have enough context to know exactly how these statements were made or whether they're a sign of your boyfriend being unkind to you, but I am left wondering about them. And then it's a gif of Fry from Futurama's eyes getting smaller as it zooms in. So let's put aside the questions about bed sharing and ask some different questions instead. Is your boyfriend good to you? Does he respect you? Do you trust him? Do you typically feel comfortable sharing your feelings with him without being labeled dramatic? Are you happy in the relationship? Is there a God? Is there not a God? I added those last two. If you answer yes to all of these questions, great. Let him share the bed with his friend, and maybe just crash at your own place that night instead of resigning yourself to the couch. But if you answered no to any of the above, well, that might be a problem more worthy of your focus than the sleepover. And then a gif of Oprah nodding. Also, can I just say, if anybody's taking problems with my pronunciation, my pronunciation of GIF or JIF, go fuck yourself. TLDR, I'm not really worried that your boyfriend is secretly hooking up with his bedtime bro, but I am worried that he might be a jerk. And then it's a picture of an unhappy woman in a relationship, and the boyfriend is out of focus in the background, and her chin is on her fist. That's all the advice I'm giving today, folks. Ooh, there's more advice from Steven. I might bring this in at a later time. This one was fun. This was a good this is a good one. Yeah, and plus he was a really good answerer. He had like I don't know if it's more or less fun when we have good or bad answerers for a question, but I can't really expound on anything he said. He pretty much hit it out of the park, all true, all good stuff. Yeah, I mean he didn't hit up on the uh gossipy nature of her that you uh hit on, but other than that, pretty good. Alright, and then Adrian, this is where you cut the podcast to start your half. Alright, Adrian. You cut the podcast right, right five minutes ago. Oh, okay. And <laughs> ten more seconds. <laughs> All right, Paul. So I am bringing in a familiar face. Good old Caroline Hacks. We have brought her in before. Go listen to her episode if you want the full bio about her. I'm pretty sure she's the one who... Wait, I might be wrong. I thought she was the one who like was married to a cartoonist and he still does the cartoons for her columns even though she's divorced but i don't think that's right i don't know she's a syndicated columnist she's one of the big names i'm bringing in the big guns for this one this is caroline hacks from april 19th 2018 house guest invites 10 other house guests along please 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 have it be their pets i really want them to have brought 10 dogs um that's a very bad guess paul it would be awesome if it was like 10 pet hamsters in a cage yeah, yeah, yeah. He actually has like a, he keeps crickets for uh, fish food. So he's bringing in a thousand guests with him. <laughs> so he's bringing in like one suitcase of crickets. He has lice. So she's like, and he brought 50,000 guests. <laughs> That's very colorful. I like that. All right. Italicized note adapted from a recent online discussion. Dear Carolyn, my husband and I adopted a dog that does not like strangers. He is in intensive training. And part of that is having strangers over to our house to practice meeting people. I usually invite a friend over after explaining the situation to them, promising free dinner and drinks. I invited Katie, in quotation marks, over last month, and she proceeded How to invite How insulted ten- would you be, Adrian, if you were, like, excited to get an invite from, like, somebody you really respected, maybe, like, in the entomology, like, a professor or something, and you were like, And it was oh, just for want- training for their dogs? <laughs> and then she was like, just so you know, it is because I want, uh, I need training for my dog to meet strangers, and specifically they bark at brown people, so I thought it'd be good to have you over, Adrian. <laughs> makes sense, makes sense. Making sure that your dog isn't trained like an AI algorithm, getting some people of color in its rotation. I like exactly. that. Like the idea of them being like uh, The reason you got invited to your favorite professor's house was because they wanted it to meet a Guatemalan. <laughs> they wanted their pet dog to get exposed to Guatemalans. So I have what is a very anxious pet boa constrictor, and he has yet to meet someone from his home country <laughs> of Guatemala, and I feel like he needs to. Anyways, I invited quote unquote Katie over last month. And this is the thing that I always point out on the BBC, where they'll say, like, for an anonymous article, uh, Janine, parentheses, not her real name. And it's like, BBC, you fucking idiots. I'm one step closer. I already know one name that it's not. I'm going to figure out who this is. Uh, Okay. I invited, quote unquote, Katie over last month, and she proceeded to invite 10 mutual friends to my, 
quote-unquote party, while we were all out as a group, leaving me in a really awkward spot. I ended up canceling because 900 square feet plus 10 strangers and a nervous dog is a terrible combination. I never would have signed up for this. I really like Katie and I'd like to have her over, but I'm nervous she's going to invite more people over again. She works with a lot of our mutual friends and she sees them every day. Is it rude to have a talk with her about not inviting people over to our house? Signed, Awkward Spot. Yeah, this sounds like something that you absolutely in the modern day should not have to ask an advice columnist about. Are you a moron? Um, yeah. She probably misunderstood you and thought you were inviting her to a party the first time. So she was like, oh, I'll, I'll extend the invitation to other people in the department. You must have worded it weird. Mm-hmm. Or maybe she's incredibly socially inept and thought that she could extend an invitation to 10 people to your one person invitation to her house. In which case, I guess try to invite her over again. If she does it again, then you know I, you need to have a talk with her because she doesn't understand very basic human interactions. But I have to assume you just fucked up the first time and made it sound like a party. It's a pretty simple miscommunication, right? Like, I want you to come over to meet my dogs. And she's like, yo, let me bring my dogs. Let's get this party going, bro. <laughs> yeah, this does not sound like an advice column needed question. Um yeah, yeah. Even if even if this wasn't the context, even if it really was like, hey, I'm having a party and I invited one person and this is the first time they're coming over to my place and they bring 10 other people along without asking. That's yeah. just that's justified alone to be like, hey, don't do that. It It's like you can also also like, I don't know, maybe this is me being young and a little ignorant, but also don't serve food. Just put out a dip if that's the case. You can serve 10 people in a 100. Like, it might not be a fancy event, but it's not the worst thing in the world. Like, you can put some food out and get some glasses of red, like, uh, some bottles of red wine and some wine glasses and serve. Uh, I've had 10 people over in a 900 square foot apartment. It's not like an impossible situation <laughs> to handle. That is true, but th- that's when you bring in the dog, right? That's uh, Oh, yeah. That's that when is- the dog comes in to ruin everything. I, I did forget about the dog. Yeah, I guess you yeah. can't handle it. Um, That's when the dog puts on his little police outfit and says, hey, hey, I'm the fun police. I'm gonna make sure this party doesn't happen. But can we just like pivot our advice to why it's so bullshit to own pets? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's what I was doing. Yeah, this woman is basing her life. She's having to invite people over to train her dog. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It sucks that she can't, it's not, because it's specifically new people. So she has to go through a cycle of new people every time she wants to do this training. Whereas like, I mean, my roommate, when I lived with a dog, definitely had me do things where it's like, hey, I'm trying to teach the dog like to take treats nicely. So can you just go up and give her this treat really quick and then see how it goes? But no, this is like a, I need fresh meat every cycle in which I do this training. And once Mm -hmm. she recognizes your face, uh, then then you're you're dead to me you're never coming over to my house again because she already knows you and you're not useful to me anymore (laughs) and i would never let you put your grubby little mitts on my stuff ever again (laughs) inside my house there is something so funny there's no way if somebody invited me over to their place and i was like oh yeah it'll be fun like we'll come over we'll have dinner we'll hang out uh and then they told me well i am mostly just training my dog to beat strangers i wouldn't roast them for that and be like oh okay (laughs) i see how this friendship is uh-huh. Is this not like something where she can take the dog to a dog park or is that too many people or It's overstimulating, yeah. Yeah, I guess so. She has to be brought into the world one person at a time until oh they God. realize how to <laughs> meet. This is like people, people who upend their lives to take care of like a dog that was like a dog fighting dog and they like and they adopted it because they thought it would be like easy to rehabilitate and it'd be a beautiful story. And then they have to like spend the next 10 years of their lives, like never having anyone over and constantly apologizing to people because it's about to attack and maul children at any given opportunity. The 90% of their time they're not spending online defending pit bulls, they're spending outside <laughs> trying to stop their pit bull from murdering children. We can't publish this. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Worldwide. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, any other thoughts? I think we need to have more thoughts. Most of this has to get cut that we've talked no, about. No, I think this is all staying in. Is it rude to have a talk with her about not inviting people over to our house? Absolutely. I think it is rude because I don't, I'm not convinced yet that it wasn't a miscommunication. I, I'm not convinced that she was just 
foolishly overstepping the boundaries and not that she just thought you were saying, hey, let's invite a bunch of people to my place for a party. If she does it again, then you need to have a talk with her. I think I think you're confusing having a talk with having like a talking to. I feel like it's very easy to just have a talk about like, can we clarify what was going on there? Oh, uh, okay. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, also, you were only inviting her to your house to hang out with your dog. Do you, this bit at the end where it's like, I do really want to be friends with her. Do you? Maybe reassess that bit. Do you really want to be friends with her or can this just be somebody you don't invite over again? I think you can live with that situation. Yeah, I think uh, you're using her for a very selfish goal. She should be able to use her for her very selfish goal of having a pad to fucking (laughs) have her bangers and ragers at. (laughs) But yeah, I don't have much advice for her. This seems like a very like you have to be living a certain type of life where social interactions terrify you for this to be a problem. And especially when you send into a device column. Mm-hmm. I agree. Unlike me, who's really cool and smooth. Yeah. People invite ten friends over to my place. I'm like, hey, you got any more? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you got an answer for us on this column, Aruno? Paul, call me the anti-sway, because I got the answers. Man, topical. That that joke is fresh. Call me a bakery, because you get out those jokes fresh. Bakeries don't make jokes. <laughs> um, but for Phil and I, that joke is evergreen. <laughs> okay, here we go. There is zero need to be hesitant or awkward about handling this, because it doesn't involve anything mean or wrong, or anything that appears mean or wrong. So whenever a would-be guest presumes to extend an invitation to your home to everyone at the table for you, a la Katie, ooh, wait, no, I'd love to have you over another time, but can't all at once. That's in quotes, as if that's like her. The you know, like in a '90s sitcom where like they decide to do a plan where uh, like someone has an earpiece during a date and they get fed lines from the from the other person. Mm-hmm. That's what she just did. She just did a. This is the line that I'm feeding you during that situation. Is oh wait no, I'd love to have you another time, but can't have you all at once. And when you talk to Katie, again quotation, I realize you meant well, but please don't invite people to my place without checking with me first. End quote. Awkwardness is when there's a risk of a perception gap between what you mean and what you appear to mean. I'm not liking this answer a whole bunch, but that is an interesting sentence that I would like to mull over a little bit more at some point. Is when there's a risk of perception gap between what you mean and what you appear to mean. No, because sometimes there's non-communication awkwardness. Um, yeah, I think that's 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 pretty true, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I agree with that definition at all. I can think of so many different types of awkward that aren't explicitly that i think it sounds good until you think about it i think that's exactly why i wanted to take a second to like step back and be like what does that mean (laughs) because like there's the nice little term of it like perception gap and i was like yeah that seems like that it it really it does sound good and until you think of what are sometimes things have been awkward and then you're like wait that that doesn't really capture that (laughs) yeah the one advantage of the wild overstepping katie has done is that it's so clearly overstepping that it will be clear to anyone with a clue that you're just pulling her back, i.e. not disinviting people because you don't like them personally. As always, it's possible some people will be clueless, but there's not much you can do to manage the impressions they get. End of story. Yeah, I mean, she answered it pretty much right. My my my, my advice was to ignore it unless it happens again, then you do what Caroline said, but she went for do it immediately. Uh, Not too different in my eyes. It wouldn't be a problem to do it immediately, like have the talk. Um, you won't not only that, but her suggestion was like in front of everybody have those lines ready to go of like, I, no, 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 I can't have all you guys over at the same time. Oh, uh, that seems a little odd. I think the canceling was fine in front of everybody and you can have the talk with just her. Um, uh, okay. Yeah. I don't know if like, because then it can seem like you're trying to point out how she made a mistake in front of everybody, which might seem a little bit like, uh, mm. My, I don't know. I mean, I, it probably wouldn't be a problem. 99% chance it wouldn't be. But why risk the 1% that she would feel insecure about you correcting her in front of people? Exactly. Because you correct her in front of people and then she develops a crippling shyness around meeting new people. And so then you also have to introduce <laughs> her to new people like your dog. <laughs> and you get another thing in your life that you have to like schedule your whole weekend around. That's so true. That's yeah, that makes sense. That's a never ending cycle. That's yeah. a perpetual <laughs> motion machine if I've ever heard of one. 
Uh, yeah. All right. Anything else on that, Paul? No. Do you have anything interesting on that one? Uh, no. Just have a little uh third segment that's kind of related. If you want to get into it. All right, y'all. Y'all already know what it is. Major Gate Part Three. Paul is the one who actually brought this to my attention, but we switched roles this time, where Paul thought of the idea, and then I did a little bit of the legwork to get it thrown together. Um, Paul, do you want to kind of introduce when you heard about this, or uh, when when did you see this? When did you hear about this? Yeah, so I'll actually, uh, I I don't remember where I saw or heard about it, but I will pitch it as I really think of every president and their pets as guests in the White House because they're it, it, it's a transient place. It's somewhere you come for four years. Um, you know, three if you're JFK or whatever, and then you leave. Um, and two weeks if you're uh, <laughs> whoever that was, Garfield. <laughs> um, so it, everybody who stays in the White House is a guest, including the first dog, the first dogs in this case. Um, and the major story is something that me and Adrian have been keeping a close eye on because a lot of people, you know, they care about policy or they care about uh executive orders or a bunch of that nerd shit but me and adrian have really been keeping our eyes on these uh presidential dogs and what they've been up to in the white house so there's been an evolution in the story yeah so i did a little bit of legwork looking at a bunch of different sources you know trying to really aggregate my information i took a library science class in college once about how to do research with multiple sources and uh find the truth that's hidden within each of them when they're combined together (laughs) <laughs> so from a USA Today article on April 30th, uh, we basically got the story of what's coming out right now, which is that the White House is getting a cat. It is a female cat. We do not know the name yet. And so apparently cats were a part of Major's training where after biting the Secret Service member and then by, uh, biting a National Park Service uh, employee, he got sent to Delaware, Delaware for a while, came back and then has gone through some training. And part of the training was going through a cat shelter where pe- the, the the quote from Jill Biden is that he went to the cat shelter and he, and he did fine, which to me makes me think that like the test is you take him to a cat shelter and see how many cats he murders, <laughs> um, I guess is like the measurement. I don't really know <laughs> what that like what that test is, what that maze or obstacle is that they made him go through. But he went through a cat shelter and didn't murder anything. So he's better. He is rehabilitated. And then the other fun quote that I got from this article is that. When asked whether or not the cat was his idea, Biden said no. <laughs> so he, was, he was like, that ain't on me. <laughs> uh, but I think he said the exact quote was uh, no, but it's easy enough. And so from a Guardian article on April 30th, I found out some more stuff about uh, presidential pets, which, as I said, we got some uh, fan uh, correction slash like articles about it. I didn't read them. I didn't really care for, for them. But apparently George Washington had two dogs. And the first recorded presence of a cat, Paul, any guesses? Ooh, Garfield. That had that's to be President guess. Garfield, that's, right? That, that's a great guess. First time lasagna was made in the White House. <laughs> um, but the first recorded incident was Lincoln. Lincoln. And so some other stuff that I'm going to bring in um, totally flew under the radar, but I found an AP News, Alternative Press uh, News article from March 31st where it's not sure whether or not it was champ or major, but one of them had pooped outside of the diplomatic reception room. <laughs> um, and so that was a scandal that got looked over. Uh, okay. And then, as you might have suspected, like Paul said, we're not interested in the policies. We're interested in the dogs. And that's why we make very reputable bedfellows with the Judicial Watch, which this is from a Vanity Fair article. It is a conservative group. That started off by trying to investigate and get Freedom of Information Act stuff on the Hunter Biden uh, scandals. Tom Fitton, who is a leader of the group in some way, I can't remember exactly what, is basically quoted as saying that the public has a right to know. This is in terms of uh, requesting Freedom of Information Act stuff on both Champ and Major. The public has the, the right to know what happened if a Secret Service member was injured I'm sure that they are good dogs, but politicians lie, is the uh, exact quote. <laughs> that is so awesome. I love that somebody is trying to turn this absurd story into a scandal. <laughs> so this is where it gets better. There are kind of like a kind of like a Q Anon type thing where like they kind of like make some empty promises. We're of, like, major and we're... champ. 
did they die and re- were replaced by robots? Please tell me somebody believed that. Nothing that crazy, but they do have a list of things of like, once we get the Freedom of Information Information Act, we're pretty sure these are the things that we're going to find. And so I cherry picked some of the best examples. Uh, they're suspecting that they're going to find a $100,000 donation to Champ from a lobbying firm on behalf of Big Kibble. Wait, what? <laughs> really? Wait, that's not like a joke? This is from Vanity Fair. Oh, gotcha. It is a joke. They're expecting to find an endorsement deal with Major and Pepperoni, despite it being illegal for First Pets to profit off of the presidency. Okay, cute. And they're expecting to find evidence of Major's involvement in Hunter Biden's Burisma dealings, <laughs> the Ukrainian energy company. <laughs> um, yeah, cute, cute, cute stuff. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't give that fa- Vanity Fair writer a job at the Onion, but cute stuff. Maybe at a Babylon Bee. Yeah, they might be able to do that. Anyways, that's the whole context. Major Gate Part 3, baby. So they're getting him a friend cat to host. They're going to have to host a friend cat. He's getting his own pet. (laughs) He's getting his own pet cat. He's his own service pet. I mean, the Disney movie writes itself. We talked about it last episode with the Chupacabra. But in this case, the Disney movie writes itself. A A cat comes to, like, help the troubled dog in the White House. It's an animated classic in the making. Secret Life of Pets 3 uh head of state the secret life of an american teenager <laughs> part two part two <laughs> my date with the president's dog and my it's a date cat with the president's dog Ooh, yeah my date with her they shouldn't put major down at this point he's the most dynamic interesting thing happening in the biden white house that's true that's true this is the one case of a bad dog where it's it's kind of delightful because they absolutely have the resources to deal with it so it's just kind of funny so yeah, that's two of the things is um one article that I didn't read all the way through, actually that I didn't read at all, was about like it seemed like a conservative news source or something, but the the whole big thing for them was like uh Biden's dog is going through training. This is how much that kind of thing typically costs. The second one was an interview with like four TV personality dog people. Like Caesar Milan was the one person that I recognized. Mm-hmm. It just ended up being way too long of an article from Politico. But it was like them being like, it's not the dog, it's the environment, uh, you know, yada, yada, yada. This is what they're doing wrong with the training, um, yada, yada, yada. Like, Aren't people very cynical about Caesar Milan's training methods at this point? Don't people kind of think he's a moron? No, he's still reputable. But... Okay. Uh, yeah, and so like that was a big thing. It was like, oh, they shouldn't have sent him to Delaware after um after biting the first person because he needs to the, the issue is the environment not the dog you can't just send the dog to go get, go get better you have to change the environment or something i don't know i read a whole bunch of like clips of them saying stuff well snippets of them saying stuff like that and did not glean anything really useful from it okay well this is an advice column podcast so if the environment is a problem then i think the solution is uh dog vr strap on an oculus rift onto his eyes and make it look like a uh perfect environment for a dog which i guess in major's case is uh is a animal shelter with a lot of cats in it what's this perfect environment (laughs) uh i don't know like a a bunch of it's a it's a it's an open field with a bunch of secret service men and uh national park service members where their hands are made of honey cooked hams (laughs) um Dude, how confused do you think this dog is? Of all the dogs in the world, he's like, what the fuck is going on? Every once in a while, they like stuff me in a metal box and take me a billion miles. It, Wait, like, that happens to other animals all the time. That's true. But I feel like it's happened to him a lot in the span of a couple months. And that's true. He's been through a lot. He's been through a lot. Do you think this is all a commentary? Like, the only place he has to play is the Rose Garden. And I don't think Jill Biden has had a chance to redecorate since the... uh since Melania redecorated so horribly. Remember when the liberal media was pissed about that? About how bad her redecoration of the uh, Rose Garden was? No, I don't remember that. It was such a boring scandal. It was really... It was just a bunch of people like, Harumph! It doesn't look classy how she decorated it. Mm, mm-hmm. But anyways, this dog... Uh... Yeah, what are we gonna do with him? I like how, like, with all siblings, there's, like, the, the like, trouble... Like, 
The troubled younger one? The, the troubled younger one and the more successful older one. But yeah, this dynamic of, like, the good sibling and the bad sibling plays out with Major and Champ, plays out with Bo and Hunter. Sasha and Malia. Sasha and Malia. Which one was the one with the pro-era uh, shirt? Was that the younger one? <laughs> yeah, I bet. Yeah, that was the it's troubled. the Joey badass. That was the uh, troubled uh, <laughs> Obama kid. Troubled youth. Do you think... When Champ realizes that he's not getting a pet, he's going to start acting out. <laughs> Almost certainly. Almost when certainly. Champ starts pouting around the Rose Garden, he's be like, this is fucking bullshit, bro. <laughs> I haven't been to anybody. I don't get a fucking cat. What is up with Major? Yeah. Do do we have any, like, what, what, what can you do at this point? Shouldn't they just, like, shouldn't they be like, he's very happy at a farm upstate and just put him down? What What is the solution to this? Yeah, I think just send him home pack his bags right he has extended family he has ways to deal with this is it do they think it would be like a critiquable part of him in his presidency if he sent the dog away would that look bad from a public perspective almost certainly yeah i i don't know i feel like it's so much like i think they've had those dogs for a while so it's not as bad but it is such a crazy thing that buying a dog right before running for political office is now like a strategy you know you're just gonna cut this out why are you even talking about this no i'm not i'm not i wasn't gonna bring up more than that so it didn't have to get cut out okay okay not gonna attack the person who clearly did it in the most cynical way and then made it a backbone of her campaign (sighs) too much info right there uh i feel like the fact that we gotten three parts out of this is absurd on its face and if there's a part four of this yeah, this I, is like, this I, is like I think, Toy Story. If there's a part four of this, that's ridiculous. I think my last question to you, Adrian, is what do you think the part four is going to be? Because it's like a story that we keep thinking we've put to bed and then it continues to evolve. So do you think he's going to hurt the cat? Do you think uh, do you think he's actually going to get along with the cat really well and it's going to be kind of like this beautiful thing where then they both get like a duo Instagram page and it's like unlikely animal friendships major the murderer and this adorable cat get along <laughs> oh do you think because it hasn't been named yet it's because the name is minor Ooh, that that would be good i think that's probably what's gonna happen okay part one of my prophecy that's part one either that or you know like i said some corny shit like stars and stripes or whatever part two major severely injures a foreign uh representative of some kind of country and then part three is in order to remedy that they chop off the back half of Major, chop off the back half of Minor, and do a cat-dog situation, which <laughs> uh, physically limits Major's ability to be a menace on society as he has been in the past. Mm, mm. While also being an ode to a great 90s cartoon. My prediction is that they call the cat General, so then it's Major General. And then it's a funny mm. joke for Biden to use when he has the Major Generals from the army uh over just so you know the um the conservative like group actually does exist and is actually looking at like freedom of information act stuff about communication about the dogs that part was real somehow the bidens have played this so perfectly like they do not look at all like bad in this and i don't think it's really an avenue to attack them from the media has been so friendly to this story Mm -hmm. um i don't think conservative media is really gonna find a foothold uh, using this i don't think americans really care or are gonna be like scandalized by it um i think people find it endearing that he likes his dogs so much and is like sticking by them mm. i think major thought he was just playing he seems like a good boy nah dude i see something dark in those eyes <laughs> i see that what he's clearly doing is testing his limits to see where he can go all i'm saying is Every time Major digs a hole in the White House lawn, it's it's meant to be a grave that he just hasn't filled yet. <laughs> I know for a fact that I've heard before that Putin specifically brings dogs to meetings with Angela Merkel because she's afraid of them. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think an international scandal with Major and a foreign and a foreign leader is definitely the next step in this story. It feels too natural. It feels too obvious. Major Major pees on Abe, the Prime Minister of Japan thus dissolving the 80-year relationship that the U.S. and them have built and bringing us into World War III. Did you just call him Abe? I think that's his name. 
Abe. Oh, that makes more sense. <laughs> I've only read it. <laughs> That's so awesome. <laughs> on that note, are we good? You can leave. Yeah, that we're in, good. We'll cut on that, like dude. An absolute dunge. <laughs> um. That's okay. That's okay. All right, Paul. Big fact. No cap. Let's get out of here. Big fact. Stick by your dog, no matter no matter what goes wrong, through thick or thin. Uh, whether they're antisocial and you have to invite friends over just to get to know them, or if they keep biting your personal security, uh, that's your dog for life, man. And your dog is your dog. Whether or not you got to sleep in the same bed as him or bring friends over to make him feel comfortable or hide uh, or make documents classified so nobody knows the dark things that he's into. Your dog is your dog, man. Stick by him. Hashtag redacting for my dog. <laughs> and then I'm going to say stick by your dogs because your dogs are your dogs. And just say exactly what Paul said, but replace dog with D-A-W-G. Yeah. All right. Bye, dog. All right, you see it. was nice, the party was bumping. And everybody having a bar. Until the fellas started him calling.